I hope everybody's doing really well this morning. It's Christmas, one of my favorite times of the year, and so this is going to be a Christmas program, and today I have a very special guest on the program. His name is Pastor Eric Lamphere from Nashville Baptist Church. Say hi, Pastor hello, Eric. Hello, hello. So what is it about Christmas do you like? That's a great question. I think there's several things uh, I like about Christmas. One of the things I like about Christmas, of course, is what it stands for and remembering the, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's what, uh, that's what Christmas is all about. Well, exactly. Isaiah 9, 6 says, He's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. That's right. And you know, the part of that scripture I like, and of his kingdom, of their, his reign, there will be no end. Yeah, I know. We're looking forward to his coming back, aren't we? Oh, totally. You know, the rapture's <laughs> got to be right around the corner. That's right. Sometimes I go outside and jump up and down. It's called rapture practice. Oh, <laughs> uh, Maybe you don't know what the rapture is, so maybe you don't know what that, that joke maybe went over your head out there today. But Well, anyways, we're going to talk about Christmas, and I'm going to let Pastor Eric talk about kind of what they do for Christmas down there at the Baptist Church and whatever God puts on his heart to share. Yeah, so a couple of uh, years ago, our church decided to do something what we call a birthday gift for Jesus, and I work with the young people uh, in the church, and so uh, the teenagers' job the last few years is we've, we get these jars and we decorate them uh, with a Christmas ribbon and, and make them look really nice and put on there a birthday gift for Jesus, and so people can take those. Uh, weeks before Christmas, and they save their change and any spare cash or anything like that that they'd like to like to give. And on Christmas Sunday at our church, uh, people come forward and put that uh, on the steps, and that is used for raising Bibles for the Gideons. And the Gideons help provide Bibles to servicemen and women overseas. Uh, I'm sure here as well, and also when you go to a hotel and you see a Bible, it's usually there because the Gideons have placed it uh, there, and they help provide Bibles all across the world, and so uh, it's been great. And the last few years, believe it or not, our little country church has been able to give over $20,000, and it's because uh, people have big hearts, and they want to remember that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen, amen. And Christmas is always about the gift that um, God gave when he came from heaven to earth. So we know that God gave the ultimate gift by coming to earth to be born of a baby, that Jesus was not just a good man, just, just a good prophet, not just a good teacher, but he was actually God who came in the flesh that made a sacrifice for us. That's right. Born of a baby, right? That's right. And one of the, one of the neat things that I like uh, about Christmas and studying out in, in scriptures is the idea of the Passover lamb. And, oh, yes. and in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, when the Israelites were being set free from the bondage of Egypt, <clears throat> there was those 10 plagues. And the last plague was the death of the firstborn. But what God told his people is to pick out a lamb that was without blemish, without spot, and take that lamb. And on the Passover day, they were supposed to sacrifice that lamb, mm -hmm. put the blood over the doorpost, and it was at midnight that as the angel of the Lord came by, that if he saw the blood, he passed over them in judgment. And it's interesting to me, they, you know, in 1 Corinthians 5, it says that the Lord is our Passover. And I read one time, uh, Gail, that, that they had two sacrifices on Passover, the morning 
uh, and the evening sacrifice. And if you study out scripture, Jesus Christ was, and, I, and I'm coming off the top of my head here, but was put on the cross, I believe, at 9 a.m. in the morning, which was the exact time that the Passover sacrifice, the morning sacrifice, would take place. And he died 3 p.m. our time, which is the exact time that the evening sacrifice would take place. And so all that goes to show you, of course, as God said, the Lord is our Passover. And so Jesus Christ is that lamb without blemish, without sin. He was inspected by the, uh, the rulers, right? I find no fault in this man, Pilate said. And it was that perfect sacrifice that he made on the cross. And we got to remember at Christmas time that the reason we celebrate Christmas is he's the birth, the birth of our sacrifice, the birth of the lamb, the birth of the Savior. And the angel was very specific to Joseph, call his name Jesus. And those Bible names had meaning, and the word Jesus means Savior. So he's saying, call him Savior, for he shall save his people from their sins. And so that's the greatest news in all the world, that God loves us. We're sinners. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, lived a perfect life, bled and died on the cross to be the sacrifice for our sins, and three days later rose again. And the Bible says he is able to save them to the uttermost. And so that's the great news. That's one of the great reasons why I love Christmas, because of what it is all about. Well, you know, then it's not about the tree. It's not about the gifts. It's not about any of that stuff. It's really about Christ. So sometimes people try to get in an argument with me about Christmas and its roots. I say, well, you're getting in an argument with the wrong person. For me, Christmas is about the birth of our Savior coming to earth to give us eternal life. It's not about the tree or anything. But although there was some family traditions we had growing up, we used to go Christmas caroling. Have you ever done that? I have. I'm not the greatest singer, but we've done some Christmas caroling. <laughs> now, what was my favorite part about Christmas caroling? is that every home we went to had chocolate and had treats prepared. So I thought that was amazing growing up. I realized later they prepared it in advance because they knew where we were coming. So sure. we would Christmas carol, and then we would throw snowballs at each other too when we were out doing that and having a lot of fun. You know, singing those old songs like Silent Night, Away in the Manger. and yep. You know, we don't do that stuff no more. You're showing somebody's yard now, you might get in trouble. <laughs> You know what I mean? Sometimes we go, we still do it, but it's to, to shut-ins at our church, and the, the church secretary will call and get permission first and schedule it so they know that we're, <laughs> we're coming. Also, we used to do it in the nursing homes, too, go singing right. through the nursing homes, the, the old uh, Christmas carols. And uh, I think sometimes we lose uh, the beauty of the simplicity of the gospel itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't know. I think our the listeners may want to hear you sing a song for them. Which one? No. <laughs> oh, he's willing Silent to... <laughs> night. I hope I don't get it for copyright infringement. <laughs> Holy night. All is come. All is bright. I love it. And I yeah, love away in the manger, no crib for a bed. Yeah. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. Yeah. Great songs yeah. to teach kids, too, you know. The first Noel. And a lot of them there. There's some higher pitch songs I won't try to sing. Uh, but yeah, I like to sing. It's not about yeah. on tune, Pastor right. Eric. It's about making a joyful That's noise. Right. That's right. I love I'd ask it. for you it. to sing, but I don't want all the <laughs> listeners to shut the radios good, off. Good but, idea. <laughs> but you know, uh, as I think about Christmas and the coming of God to earth, 
You know, there's a lot of people with a lot of false beliefs out there that believe that, like, he was God's first creation or he was no more than an angel. There's some really false beliefs out there. That's why going back to the lamb is so important. Mm -hmm. Only the perfect, spotless lamb could take away the sins of the world. That disqualifies any angel or any created being because only one who is perfectly spotless whose sacrifice would be once and for all, mm-hmm. would be God that came in the flesh. Yeah. Amen. And people, you know, people nowadays, I don't think they read their Bible, Pastor Eric. Right. Got to read the B-I, you know, we learned that old song growing up, the B-I-B-L-E, yeah. yes, that's the book for me. That's you good. Baptists, did you guys learn that too? <laughs> we did. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, there's so many great truths in that Christmas yeah. story. And one of, my, one of my other ones I really like is... Um, when when Mary, you know, the Bible prophesied, I think it was 700 years before Christ was born in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, that he was going to be born in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. It says out of a thousand towns, you know, there were, he, he named the exact place and location where he'd be born. Now think about it from this perspective. I don't know if you ever thought about this. Mary is in Nazareth. She is She's she's ready to give birth at any time, really. She's she's pretty far along, maybe eight, nine months long. And she's got to make this 90-mile or so trip to Bethlehem. I don't know about you, but I bet, I bet that... And it she, wasn't by car, was it? It wasn't by car. And I bet she was, I bet she was nervous. Oh, I, I think she's ready to pop. Now, you think about this. I remember when we lived in Montana, my wife would be nervous. I'd be going on these dirt roads with potholes, and she's far along, and you know what I mean. It made her nervous. I can only imagine Joseph trying to explain to Mary and whatnot why they have to make this trip all the way to Bethlehem when she's she's great with child. But here's the amazing thing. And she could have been full of fear thinking, oh, will I have this baby on the way or on the journey or will the riding the donkey, if that's what they rode, will send me into labor. You can just imagine, you know. But God said 700 years before that baby was going to be born in Bethlehem. I, I know. And the odds of all the prophecies being fulfilled oh, about yeah. Jesus' birth, somebody said it was like this. Go to the state of Texas, fill it three feet deep with silver dollars, paint one red, blindfold yourself, shake it all up, and go down and pick out your dollar the first try. Yeah. That's the odds of it. Impossible. Yeah, it's just You know what I think about Mary, though? Another thing. When the angel comes and says, you're going to be pregnant with a baby. Right. And it's God. Right. Well, uh, she could have been stoned and killed. Sure, sure. That must, I don't know, that might have made me a little nervous. Sure, absolutely. Oh, honey, I'm pregnant, but it's God that did it. Right, and that's why the Bible says Joseph was going to, of course, going to uh, put her away privately, and then the angel came in that vision and that dream and said, no, she's conceived by the Holy Ghost, and you need to marry her and call his name Jesus. And so he will save his people. You know, God even warned Joseph in a dream and all this stuff to protect baby Jesus. You know, and just amazing his life. You know, he was born in a manger, died, crucified, ascended into heaven, coming back the same way. That's why everybody hates him so much, because, you see, the reason they hate him, Jesus wasn't saying, hey, I'm a good man, a good prefer, a good prophet. He's saying, I'm God, follow me. Yeah, that's right. That's what he's saying. I'm God, follow me. And 
I just interviewed a young lady. Her name was Sylvia. And she just did her testimony and how she came to know the Lord. And she was in occult practices and tarot cards. And one day she said, God, are you up there? Are you on a coffee break? Mm. And she had an encounter with the Lord. Wow. Changed her. She has got a podcast now, Saved by Grace. She's on fire for Jesus. Yeah, the Lord came and met her in a powerful way. And she didn't meet, she didn't meet the, Good prophet or the teacher, she, yeah, the king. Him. He's the king of kings and the what? The Lord of lords. Woo! No one like him on the planet, is there? Right. And and you know, going back to what we talked about about him being that lamb, is they say, and you, you probably know this, in Bethlehem, you know, was five miles from Jerusalem, and those lambs that were in that area were probably being used for the temple sacrifices there in Jerusalem. It would mm-hmm. make sense, just outside the, the city, really. And, of course, uh, you know, Christ is a sacrifice, and then who did the angels go to? Went to the shepherds. Who would who would appreciate the birth of a lamb like a shepherd, you know? No, oh, I know. And he went to those shepherds, and those shepherds came to find find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And they were the lowest of the low. That's right. The shepherds. Yeah, it's, that's all. That story is. And then, of course, later the wise men came, and so it's like some of the upper class and the lower class. Jesus but the is wise for everybody. Men didn't come to later. Till later. Yeah, you're right. Like three years later. Yeah, yeah. They came to seek out baby Jesus. Yeah, and to bring him the gifts. But my point is, you know, is you have the wise men maybe be a little bit upper class, and you have the the mm-hmm. the shepherds, which which were the lower class, and so whether the lower class or the upper class, everybody needs. Jesus, and he's still the answer. You know what I would think? I would have loved to been, I would have loved to have seen the video of how the shepherds responded when the angels appeared on the hillside giving them the news. Yeah. <laughs> it says they are so afraid, right? Sure. Fear not is the first thing the angel says. I come with good tidings. Yeah. And then they went and to see, and it was just as they had been told. Yep. And he was there, of course. He was there at that... Uh, well, stable and whatnot, or some people think maybe it was the side of a, of a rocky area, but we know it was a place where animals were, and because the Bible says there was no room for them in the inn. That's right. Isn't it crazy even today, people, with all the stuff we're going on, we don't have room for Jesus, uh, especially near his birthday, you know? Well, I would pray that, you know, people would have room for them, him in their heart. That's right. And because you know something... Life is short, mm-hmm. and we don't know when we might be called to meet the Lord. I mean, we believe that the Lord is coming again, but you might die before that. I mean, you just don't That's know. Right. Pastor Eric, if someone wants to accept Christ, what do they need to do? Well, they need to put their faith not in their good works, not in how good of a person that they may or may not have been, because the Bible says that we're all sinners, we're all condemned. But they need to put their faith in Jesus Christ and the fact that he loves us. He died on the cross. The Bible teaches all through the Bible, without the shedding of blood, there was no remission of sins. And so just like those Old Testament sacrifices, they were a picture of Christ who was to come, a shadow. And Jesus Christ paid that price. Every wrong thing, action, thought that you've ever done, that I've ever done, he paid for it that day. And, of course, three days later, rose again. And so the Bible says, By grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so it's simply, you know, prayer Prayer is an expression of faith. 
by grace are you saved through faith. So, but when, you know, Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. You're expressing faith, right? When we, when we, when we ask, if I ask you for something, I'm expressing some faith that you can give it. Well, believe that he will give you that salvation. So you can pray. You might be driving down the road. You might be uh, listening to this at your own home. But uh, you could ask Jesus Christ right now. You can bow your head and just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me and rose again. And by faith in you and your word, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to save me right now. And thank the Lord for saving you. Because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Romans says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord hmm. and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt shall be saved. Be saved. Yeah. Pastor Eric, lead everybody in a sinner's prayer so people that are listening can pray along with you. All right. Let's pray. If this is your desire, would you pray, pray, pray with me? You can pray this out loud or silently. If, there, if you'd like to pray out loud, that'd be great. Just say, dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I don't deserve heaven, but I believe that God loves me. And I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins and that three days later you rose again. I'm turning my life over to you and I'm asking you to forgive me and to save me. My life is yours. Thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And maybe you're out there today and you're just saying, I don't know if I can believe yet. I just don't know. You know what? Jesus was the one that left the 99 and he went to look for the one that lost. You know, it's okay to say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm struggling. Mm. I'm struggling with believing in you, but I would des I desire to put my faith in you. Pick up a Bible. Go find a Bible. Open up to the book of John and begin to say, Lord, reveal yourself to me through your word. Mm. Now, you might say to me, I don't even know where the book of John is. Well, in the back, in the front of a Bible is a table of contents. If you look, it'll give you the page. You know, sometimes I need the table of contents, Eric, when I have to look up Colossians or First Thessalonians or Third John and, sure, sure. you know, look in all those funny books. But if you will seek him, you will find him and open his word. Let Open the book of John, which is all about who Jesus is. And I know the Lord would love to dis, uh, to reveal himself to you. Yeah. Yep, that's right. And, uh, you know, they say Jesus is the reason for the season. That's a great thing we can remember around this Christmas time. And life is so much better and so much full of joy when you're not just living selfishly. You know what I mean? Just consumed with ourself and our greed mm -hmm. and what we want. But think, you know what? There's a bigger purpose. I'm here to glorify God, serve others, love others. Love God and love others, right? Those are the great commandments. Maybe on this Christmas time, too, maybe you've uh, fixed all your food and you have more than you need. I would encourage you to take a dish of food somewhere. Take it to a friend. Take it to a shut-in. Take it to somebody. Or maybe, if you know somebody that doesn't have any family and they're all alone, invite them to your Christmas table to eat your food, to pray with you, and to be a part of your family. That... You know, that would be an amazing thing to do um, on this Christmas, you know. And um, we just want you to know on Christmas time that we're thinking of you. I, you know, Pastor Eric, I think of the people that are alone. I have a friend, and uh, he only has one person left on this earth, and it's his brother. You know, that's a hard place to be in. 
with no family, no relation, sure. you know, all alone. But Jesus said that he desires to be a friend that sticks closer to than a brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're never alone. And boy, if, you're, if you don't normally go to go to church, find a good church to go to around this Christmas time. Oh, get, yes. Get your family in church and have their kids and, and your spouse remember what this holiday is all about. So I want to just spend some time praying a minute. Uh, I want to pray for those that are out there that are just suffering depression over the holiday seasons. Lord, we we pray for those that are depressed over the holiday season. Lord, the Bible calls you the Prince of Peace. So your peace overcomes depression. So I pray right now that those under the sound of my voice that are lonely and depressed, I pray right now, we pray that your presence would flood the room where they're at right now, bringing peace, bringing uh, your love to them during this hour. I pray for people to pick up the phone and call people that they know who are lonely during this time. Lord, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for coming to earth. And I ask, Lord, that you would also provide for those families that are in the Christmas season but they have no money. They're broke. Lord Jesus, I just pray somehow that you would provide for those families right now in the name of Jesus. Any uh, final thoughts here before we close off in a minute or so? Yeah. Merry Christmas to you all. And just love on your family and your friends and those uh, around you. And uh, God is good. You know, soon we'll... This, this journey will be over and we'll be in the presence of God. So enjoy each day. You don't want to sing, We wish you a Merry Christmas? We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. How's that, hey? There's your song for the day from us who can't sing over the radio. Well, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you. And may you know that Jesus is just a breath away. Call out his name. He will be there for you. And let him love you during this Christmas season. We wish each and every one of you a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year.